Blog Talk Radio.
All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, shalom and good morning. Shalom to the 12 tribes worldwide. To Judah, Benjamin, Levi, Simeon, Zebulon, Ephraim, Manasseh, Gab, Reuben, Ashton, Dali, and Issachar. Um, uh, here in the, in the Western Hemisphere of, of this, this, this world, of this planet, uh, this place called Earth. Uh, shalom, shalom, shalom. Uh, my name is Masada. Um, you have reached the ISBHBK uh, Bible Talk Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we have school locations with the ISBHBK in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, congratulations to uh, the brothers um, uh, Award, Shamshuan, Dawiyah, for the work they've been doing. Um, they're about to move to an even larger location, even to a, a larger school uh, here in San Antonio. So all praises and glory and, and, and thanks to the Most High uh, for uh, for that accomplishment that they're, that they're, reach, uh, that they're, that they're reaching through unity, through love, through, through brotherhood, through, um, through coming together, that through, and, and faith in, in, in the scriptures, you know, faith in Christ and the Most High, that um, uh, there, there's some growth. So as, as, as I get more details about where this, the school location actually is, right now it's at 4444 Walsham, um, which the cross streets basically is Austin Highway and uh, and Walsham uh, here in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, but they're actually going to be uh, moving. To, uh, from my hearings is is to Northwest San Antonio, uh, and they're going to be uh, getting a, a larger school location here in San Antonio. So uh, props and kudos to them. But uh, we have a school location in San Antonio. We also have a school location in Houston, Texas in Nova Virginia, and also in uh, Rochester, New York. So, so uh, shalom, shalom, shalom. And for anybody in those areas, uh, please check out isbhpk.com, isbhpk.com, um, and get the addresses and the actual school times um, for any location that you, that you might be traveling or uh, in the area you might be in. We uh, invite you to check it out. Um, as you know, we have, yeah, we have various platforms of, of media uh, that the teaching is, is being done on from YouTube, and basically, you just type in ISBHBK um, when you go to your YouTube channel. And uh, um, all of our, our ISBHBK locations have, have their schedules uh, uh, established there as, as well. From ISBHBK San Antonio, ISBH, ISBHPK Houston, and ISBHPK Norfolk. Um, uh, so please uh, go in there and check it out. Um, as well at, at ISBHPK.com. You see um, um, uh, links to uh, Israelware, to Chosen uh, Creations, to Sweet Ambiance, um, which are different different um, uh, venues and, and different uh, employments uh, that have been set up to help finance some of the schools, um, to help finance the schools uh, where the teaching is being done. So we invite you to check it out um, and, and, and visit any one of the links uh, and help get, get uh, help support the, the ministry uh, and, and, and get something for um, for supporting the ministry. Uh, we also have uh, On the Mark Moving here in San Antonio, Texas, and we also have uh, Eastern Fragrances located at Rolling Oaks Mall. We invite you to check it out to help keep the school going and growing here in San Antonio. And last but definitely not least, um, we have uh, EO Pure Therapy. Uh, EO Pure Therapy. 
Oscar McKinney and Vernon Oaks Mall at, in the JCPenney wing of the mall, uh, directly di- diagonal from H&M Clothing Store. Um, uh, we, invite, we invite each and everybody to check out what uh, EO Pure Therapy has, has going on. Everything from from the bath bombs to um, CBD gummy gummy worms, you know, gu- gu- uh, gummies. We invite you to check it out. Um, handmade soaps, handmade um, uh, uh, bath bombs, um, ca- uh, candles. They got it. Um, uh, the CMOS gel uh, capsules, um, uh, incense. Uh, please check them out because donations from there or, or purchases from there go directly to funding the EO Pure Therapy Event Center located at Roland, the second floor of Roland Oaks Mall. In the Sears wing of Roland Oaks Mall, um, it's the EO Pure Therapy Event Center, Hebrew Israelite Event Center. Um, that, that's for all Hebrew Israelites, um, of, of whatever denomination uh, that you might be um, attached with. There is an event center here in San Antonio. Uh, if you want to hold your uh, Sabbath, if you want to hold a uh, Hebrew class, if you want to hold um, um, plays for the kids, any venue where you have an event going on and, and you want to keep it here is right. Um, EO Pure Therapy Event Center, located on the second floor of Bruno's Small in the Sears wing of the mall. All right? And then, you know, our, our next biggest and the biggest high holiday coming up is the Passover. All right, it's Passover. <clears throat> yeah, excuse me, I did work last night. Um, and, yeah, it's, it kind of got my voice a little bit. My apologies. Um, well, we have Passover coming up, everybody. Um, Sunday, April 9th in Northern Virginia, is the fact we will be congregating for the high holiday known as Passover, which can be found in, in Exodus chapter 12 and Leviticus chapter 23. Uh, which commemorates how the Lord delivered, uh, for the first time, delivered the Israelites out of captivity under the hand of the Egyptians. Um, many of y'all might be familiar with the movies like The Prince of Egypt or even The Ten Commandments uh, by Cecil B. DeMille. That, that very historical um, act that, that God did in, in delivering the Israelites from the captivity of the Egyptians um, was the birth of our nation. Was really um, uh, God introducing Himself to the twelve tribes of Israel and freeing us from that captivity before He actually brought us into the Promised Land. Uh, and we're to commemorate that, uh, commemorate that every year. Uh, the first month, fourteenth day of the month, uh, is the Passover. And understanding that God said also that there's three times that the men of Israel should appear before God and not appear before Him empty-handed. When we read Deuteronomy chapter sixteen, verse sixteen. Uh, which tells us the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is the Passover, the Feast of First Fruits, which is Pentecost, and uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, which happens in the fall. That the, the men of Israel on a national level, not just a, a, a city level, uh, but on a national level, that we're supposed to come together, um, which would have been in Jerusalem when we were still in the Promised Land, to observe and to celebrate and to thank God and praise God for how he delivered our foreparents out of the very first captivity that we were ever in, being the Egyptian captivity. Um, so we, we get together every year uh, and commemorate uh, the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover. Um, and this year we're going to do that uh, with the ISBHPK in Norfolk, Virginia, Sunday, April 9th, um, 
in North Virginia. Uh, for more e- details and information, please go to isbhpk.com, isbhpk.com, uh, where you find you see an RSVP um, to reserve your spot and let me know uh, uh, just how many lambs need to be, pre- be prepared, how much food needs to be prepared for silverware and everything else. We invite you to please. Everybody's invited. Uh, please go and check it uh, check it out again. isbhpk.com. Go to the um, uh, RSVP for the Passover, and 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 you can get all the information there. But and sisters, I need to take just one 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 second. I do apologize. Um, my voice is, is really a lot more hoarse than than, than what I realized. So I need to take a, just a quick music intermission, and I'm going to start me uh, some tea real quick. As a matter of fact, some herbal tea. Um, let, let me do that, um, and then come back, and we're going to, we're going to jump into the into this class, biblical salvation, the reward of humility, and we will be uh, picking up uh, where we left off last night, uh, yesterday, in Second Chronicles chapter twelve, verse seven. So let me take this this, uh, this quick intermission. I need to get some tea. My my voice is my voice is cracking a lot more than what I realized. And it's 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 being just a, a bit irritating. So I'm gonna go back. If you've been listening to the show, I'm gonna go back old school. Um to back to life, back to reality. All right, so I'll be back and just let me let me get this tea set up. All right, here we go.
All right, all right, all right, all right. That, that sounded weird. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, so let's, let's continue on with the learning then. Let's continue on with our learning then. All right, uh, yeah, I got, got a little herbal tea going on, a little uh, peppermint herbal tea with a little, little uh, chamomile, a little, little uh, oregano oil, a little bit of uh, garlic oil, a little bit of uh, elderberry. Um, uh, what else do I throw in here? Uh, and some mint tea, right? Got that going on. So we're going to let it kind of hold it, let it keep soothing and, and doing this thing. As we're going we gonna to keep on as marching through uh, our class this morning. All right. Picking up, where we left off, picking up where we left off at yesterday, brothers and sisters. We're going to pick up where we left off at yesterday. Uh, yesterday we finished at Second Chronicles chapter 12, verse 7. Second Chronicles chapter 12, verse 7. And what we're going over, uh, for those who might be listening to the show for the first time or haven't listened in a while, uh, by the way, uh, you can listen to us uh, the live stream at area code 64-DIAL. Area code six four six 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 eight two five six eight. Area code six four six 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 eight two five six eight. If you want to um, uh, listen to the live stream uh, uh, podcast that we're doing over your phone or what have you, um, or you go to the uh, internet address at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mashado. Go to episodes. You'll see live on air right now. Obviously, click the button and you'll be able to listen to us live from your uh, from your tablet, uh, uh, laptop, or desktop. Uh, uh, wherever you might be at, um, if, if calling game might be, might not be as efficient for you, uh, get all, the, all those big ass words out the way. All right, so what we're going over is, is biblical salvation. All right, and I believe I briefly briefly touched on the only biblical salvation. And and first off, I'm sorry, my, my mind gets 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 to racing so fast, and I and I, I got to slow down. Biblical salvation. When we're dealing with what the Bible says about biblical salvation, we know from the book of Isaiah, chapter 34, verse 16, it says, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. Um, that if we have any questions about salvation, it's going to be necessary for us to, as Isaiah, chapter 34, verse 16, instructs us to seek out of the book of the Lord and we got to read. If we want to understand God's perception or God's um, uh, opinion or words about what God means about salvation. Now, just like in, in everyday human contact, I, I'm going to take it here for a second. Just like in everyday human contact uh, context, in the day and age that we're living in, and this, this is age old anyway, you can't just take one thing a person says and from one thing a person says, and especially in this age of, 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 of uh, cut, paste, uh, cut and paste, that you can take a, a video, you can cut and paste that video, and with the editing software that, that's available, and you can take a, a statement that a person makes, and you can twist it to, to make it come out and, 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 and appear to be what have you, um, and... and uh, for it to be taken completely out of context, but a person will take it'd be unfair to take one statement that a person says and now to assume that you know everything about this person from one statement. 
that you understand this person's thinking, this person's logic, as if you feel you really know this person, and all you don't have is one statement concerning uh, something they might have said or something they, they have said, and that from that you're going to uh, summarize that you know everything about the person, that would be unfair, y'all. That would be where, where, where the scripture does tell us don't judge anybody. That to just take one thing someone says uh, and now assume that you know that person from just one thing that was said, not understanding the context, not understanding whatever, you would have to go ahead and put together a, a portfolio, if you will, uh, of this person's um, uh, uh, thoughts or, or, or sayings uh, or feelings. You had to get more of an overall um, uh, gathering of information about this person as opposed to just one, might, one thing you might have heard from this person and I figure you know everything about the person. That, that would be unfair. And I'm trying to bring that example in us dealing with, with, with the God of the Bible, um, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, that when we're dealing with salvation, we can't just take one or two scriptures and now we read one or two scriptures out of the Bible and now from those one or two scriptures, we now think and feel we understand everything there is to know about God. That, that, that would, would, would be unfair and that would have us being extremely uh, unright. That would have us being extremely uh, biased and not at all understanding what God's true understanding about salvation really is. So, matter of fact, I'm going to, I'm using my, my Eastward uh, uh, Bible application, and I'm going to look up the word salvation. Just, just, just to get, try to give an example. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. Salvation. When we look at the word salvation in, in the King James Bible with the Apocrypha, you do understand, or maybe you don't know, that there are over 171 verses in the Bible that have the word salvation. I'm going to say that again. 171 verses dealing with the word salvation. So to understand that in the Bible, and that's the Old Testament, New Testament, including the Apocrypha, that the word salvation is in the Bible 171 times. We would have to go, which is the purpose of, of, of this series that we're doing, we would have to go now and really look at every instance where salvation is mentioned and used and directed and study those things, like Isaiah thirty four sixteen says, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. None shall want her mate. Uh, for our mouth has gathered them together. That we would have to now, as we're doing in this series, go and really put together all everything God said when he mentioned about salvation. If we want to get an understanding about when the Bible talks about salvation, when God discusses salvation, mentions salvation, what is God's perspective about salvation? We would have to do that type of study. From Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We would have to study, as we're doing in this series, 
over 171 different verses dealing with the word salvation. Now, if I type in the word saved, S-A-V-D, and dealing with the, the word saved, there's over 124 verses in the King James Bible dealing with the word saved. Now, what's that? 171, 177, or 171 plus 124, that's 75, 
all right, when we have the word saved, just from the New Testament. We have another 57 verses dealing with the word saved, just from the New Testament. And now dealing with the word salvation. There's 43 verses just dealing with the word salvation um, in the New Testament. Now, I'm, I'm going to add these numbers up. Come on, Google. These dumb phones are really dumb. I hate these dumb phones. All right. Um let me do it like this. Let me see here. Um, calculator. All right, all right, all right, all right. So here we have dealing in the New Testament for the word salvation. We have 43 verses, so 43 plus. Coming back now, and delivered, 73, plus, now coming back and dealing with the word, uh, dealing with the word saved, there's 57. So of over 650 different verses in the Old Testament and the New Testament and the Apocrypha, if I'm only going to look at, if we're only going to look at or consider the New Testament, which most people don't even do this type of study, but if we're only going to look from the New Testament as far as salvation and we're going to surmise um, our understanding of salvation from just the New Testament, that's 173 verses. From a total of over 653 verses, do you see the dilemma here, brothers and sisters? There's well over 480 more verses that we're not even considering to get a, more of a complete picture of what God is talking about when it comes only just to the topic of salvation. Just dealing with salvation, being saved, being delivered, if we're only going to use the New Testament, we're still lacking 480 verses in the entire Bible discussing, showing, giving examples of what God's salvation really is. We're not letting the Bible do the talking. So even if we were to go ahead and, and compile the 173 verses this is the New Testament, which isn't done. We usually just go by from modern teaching of religion or what have you. We only go with the uh, 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 three or four verses at the most about salvation, and then it'll be a preacher, a deacon, um, um, some type of a church official uh, running his mouth for two or three hours uh, in a pulpit or, um, hell, even on, on a podcast or YouTube or what have you, um, uh, giving all types of, 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 of misdirection, smoke and mirrors, um, and fluff 
about what they they say salvation is, but can you see where it's, it can really be lacking if we're only going to use just what the New Testament says? So in this series that, we, that we're doing, um, this, this biblical salvation, we are really trying to take a, uh, uh, an in-depth look at what it means to be uh, saved, delivered, salvation. We're really trying to get God's perspective and the Bible's uh, perspective without and, and keeping out our own emotions, opinions, justifications about salvation, and letting the Bible do the talking, letting the scriptures do the talk. Let, let God's word talk for itself. But we've got to put the precepts together. We've got to put the, the, the scriptures together if we want to get God's understanding, if we want to understand God's pers- perspective and God's declaration of what sal- it means to be saved, salvation, or delivered. If we don't put all these scriptures together, we're, we're, our work, we're not rightly dividing the word of truth. And then the work that we're doing will wind up being in vain. The, 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 the work, the blood, sweat, and tears, the sincerity that we're putting into what we believe to be how we're working our, our salvation or what are now thinking that we're already saved is going to be in vain. It's going to be extremely lacking. It's going to be. It's going to have more holes in it than Swiss cheese. We we don't want to. We don't want that. Hopefully, we don't want to be guilty of that thing. That now our understanding about salvation is lacking because the study has not been put in, and that's the purpose of of of, of this class, this series that I'm doing on biblical salvation, and the purpose of all the teaching. Uh, that's being done uh, on ISBHBK platforms, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be on uh, the, the, the podcast here, uh, in the classes that we teach, that, yeah, we, we want to make sure that we're going to the Bible. We want to make sure that, that we're, we're getting the scriptures um, and understanding the biblical history that comes from the scriptures and able to put this knowledge and this information into practical application. That now we can actually, um, things written four times, from Romans chapter 15, verse 4, is literally written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort other scriptures, that now we might have hope, that now the work we're doing is not in vain, that we ain't got to sit here and be like, um, if you remember the movie um, The Wizard of Oz, and be like Dorothy with the, the, red, the, the ruby red uh, shoes, picking her heel three times, I wish I was home, I wish I was home, I wish I was home. I hope this works. I hope what I'm doing God accepts. There's no reason I have to put that type of empty hope um, or, um, into uh, the work we're doing, we can put the work in, put the energy in to study and, and so we can get an understanding of, of biblical salvation or, in, again, any of the topics that are covered uh, here with ISBHBK uh, Bible Talk or on our, our YouTube platforms or, again, in any of the schools that we teach on. Are we getting a true biblical understanding? Are we truly getting from what the scriptures give us, from the Old Testament, New Testament, and the Apocrypha, uh, from the history books that have been uh, compiled, comparing histories with prophecies, uh, is the work we're doing really the right work? And that's what we strive for, um, that, that we're studying and we're putting in that work. So uh, dealing with this topic again of biblical salvation, we're just going through the scriptures, and we're really, really doing a study um, uh, in, in compiling Biblical information, biblical uh, resources, biblical sources, Old Testament, New Testament, the Apocrypha, Atlases, Josephus, 
commentaries to really make sure we are that we're doing the right thing because being a, a we are Christians case case that that hasn't been stated enough before or somebody missed the point we are Christians and even Christ said he talks about um, uh, the faithful servants that were uh, given his talents that were given um, uh, given talents and that they had to increase their talents and upon his return in the parable that he gave, that upon the return of the Lord, um, that the statement might be made, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, a few things, I'll make you master over much. That we want to be, we want that accolade from Christ. We want that accolade and that recognition from Christ, um, who the world calls Jesus. Um, in Paley Hebrew, uh, Yahweh Shai, or Hamashiach, the anointed, um, uh, Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Hamashiach, Yahushai, Yeshua, that we want to be given that accolade from him. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We've been faithful in our diligence. We've been faithful in our studies. We've been faithful in our application from the studies in God's word that we're actually applying, not just knowing, not just being um, um, hearers only, but doers of the word, doers of God's word, that we might now be found faithful, um, uh, faithful servants, uh, faithful stewards, that we're doing, actually doing the right thing in the eyes of God. So that leads us again. We're back in Second Chronicles chapter 12 or 7 now, uh, picking up in this series that I've been doing here um, basically every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday um, for the past going on four months. And then the, the brother tells the pause, uh dealing with never wax pale. And brothers and sisters, you really want to take out um, his, 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 his classes. That series he's doing, Never Wax Pale. Um, we did a part seven, and now he's on a part two um, of, of how the Israelites were assimilated. And through, right now he just covered how, we're coming, how the Israelites were assimilated into the Greek culture on Alexander the Greek. He just covered that on this uh, past Tuesday. Uh, great job. I love how he compiles the information and he's really you can, you can hear the hard work he's putting in to try and make the information as accessible as possible because people don't like to read. People don't like to read and people really don't like to study. And the way our attention spans are, are being conditioned not to pay attention, to lose interest real quick, um, not to be patient, um, to be real impatient, real, real intemperate as, as the opposite of being tempered, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit, that the brother really does a great job in really trying to uh, bring across a lot of information from many different sources, again, so that it's not just um, a cult of personality that because you like the brother Tuzapah, maybe might, might be his voice, um, his charisma, um, his, 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 uh, uh, his style, that, yes, I'm, I'm gravitating to him, but that you might really be able to listen and hear the information, listen and hear the biblical information that, that is taking hours and hours and hours of research and then compiling uh, to put this together to help us get a better understanding of how the, the Israelites, the Jews, how we got assimilated into all the nations, how we got dispersed amongst all the nations. Um, it really is a great work he's doing. So please check that out. Uh, again, on Tazapah Tuesdays, uh, check it out. Uh, Please check it out. Uh, do yourself that favor. 
he, he's doing a great, a great job with that. And you know, uh, Friday nights, the brother Butterfly is going over uh, 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 Bible breakdowns. We're just taking topic and just going over Bible breakdowns. Um, it's, real, it's real streamlined, just Bible breakdowns. Okay, so coming back to Second Chronicles, and I, I keep trying to get here. Second Chronicles chapter twelve verse seven. Second Chronicles chapter twelve verse seven. And you're going to hear me repeat the scriptures a lot so that hopefully those listening, whether through the live uh, podcast that we're doing, or you come back and might catch an archive or be listening to, through the library, um, what scripture was that? What scripture was that? Uh, where is he reading from? That you might be able to now pick up on um, the biblical sources that's being used, the scriptures that are being used, and go back and read them for yourself uh, to be able to see. And as much as I've been teaching this for the past 35 years, um, I know it's impossible for, for it to get to the point where people realize what the Bible saying, and you want to shoot the messenger and not listen to the message. You want, you want to get, the, get mad and upset with the messenger and not listen to the message. That's why the show was named Bible. Can we let the Bible do the talking? And that, I'm going to take my own advice and my own um, direction. Let's let the Bible do the talking. Second Chronicles chapter 12, verse 7. And when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, They have humbled themselves. Therefore, I will not destroy them, but I will grant them um, some deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem, by the hand of Shishak. Going back into this in, in, in the scripture and, and catching up with my studies, the time frame that we're referring to here in Second Chronicles chapter twelve verse seven is shortly after um, uh, Solomon had passed away. Now Solomon, because of his sins that he wanted to commit and his transgressions that he wanted to commit against the Lord God of Israel. And as Solomon did marry many women of the other nations, over a thousand women of uh he married over a thousand women and many of them from different nations. Subsequently he wound up becoming influenced and uh worshiping and observing and, and showing honor to the, the different gods from of all these different women and the different uh, influences they got to him. And he gave his heart over to these things. Uh, and, and so doing, um, he caused many Israelites to follow his wicked example. He caused many Israelites, not in the, in the multiple marriages, but now in adopting the ways of the nations around us and in, in, in adopting the, the wisdom, what would, what would seem like wisdom of how the other nations do things, how other cultures do things. And actually, and not only building the temple to the Lord God of Israel, uh, but building temples to all these other different gods from the nations surrounding us that we were intermingling with at the time, even though we were in our seat of power, in the land of Israel itself. And he actually built the temple for the worship of the Lord God. He, he, got, he got influenced. He got influenced. So because of that, because of God's promise to his father David that, that he would not take the kingdom away from Solomon, from David's son, being Solomon, that after, because of Solomon's evil and being influenced by all these different gods and, and women 
of the different nations that the kingdom was not going to be split from being the one nation, the nation of Israel, that now it's going to become two kingdoms. And the two kingdoms became the northern kingdom of Israel with the uh, nine and a half tribes uh, and from in the northern kingdom. When you look at a, a map of uh, ancient Israel, the northern kingdom became known as the kingdom of Israel. Uh, uh, and the northern kingdom, its capital was in Samaria. And the head tribe, the leading tribe of, 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 um, was the, the children of Ephraim, uh, the tribe of Ephraim, who today would be your so-called Puerto Ricans, that they controlled the northern kingdom and had, had the nine and a half tribes and even a larger landmass. Then what became the southern kingdom because that was named Judah. They had uh, three tribes, Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, right? and a half tribe of Levi. The southern kingdom of Judah. And the Brother of Tazapiah is covering this in, covered this in detail uh, in his classes. Uh, please go and look them up um, in any one of our li- library accesses from iHeartRadio I um, Podcast, Google Podcast, uh, Podcast Addict, uh, Apple iTunes uh, Radio Podcast, or www.blogtalkradio.com uh, forward slash Mashallah, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A. Uh, and, and you can go and check out uh, the library and the extensive studies um, that he's covering in, in, in several series, covering that very topic that we just mentioned. So looking here now at Second Chronicles 12 or 7, um, when the kingdom is split, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah, the northern kingdom's very first king um, after Solomon uh, died, the kingdom was split. The northern kingdom being headed by the tribe of Ephraim, with its capital being Samaria, its very first king was Jeroboam, right? Jeroboam from the tribe of Ephraim. The southern kingdom continued to be reigned by Solomon's son, Rehoboam, the southern kingdom being called the kingdom of Judah or Judea, which eventually became the Jews, okay? Um, it was its first king after the split of the, of the kingdom was Rehoboam, Solomon's son from the tribe of Judah, whose capital was at uh, Jerusalem. So in the timeline that we're reading here in Second Chronicles chapter 12, verse 7, the Lord, in, in seeing the, the civil war that, got, that, 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 was, that was starting, being started or, or about to pop off between now the northern kingdom of Israel being headed by, by Jeroboam of the tribe of Ephraim, there was, about to go, there was about to be a real war, a civil war, between the northern kingdom, again, headed by Jeroboam, um, whose capital was at Samaria, and Rehoboam, uh, and uh, the tribe of Judah, Benjamin, half tribe of Levi, being in the southern kingdom of, uh, of Judah, whose capital was Jerusalem, they was about to go to war. And the Lord was going to use um, Shishak, who happened to be the king of Egypt uh, at, this, at this particular time. He was going to use Shishak to now rise up against Rehoboam for, for, for coming against um, the northern kingdom and trying to bring him back under his power or what have you. So in 2 Chronicles 12, verse 7, 
because when the Lord had made this decree that he was about to now, he was going to deal very severely with the southern kingdom of Judah for their pride and following their own imaginations and for Rehoboam not to listen to uh, counsel and not to follow the directions and, and, and advice in the heart of God, but when to do things on his own, the southern kingdom of Judah, we all came together and we repented and put on sacrifice. We humbled ourselves in the eyes of God. And then it says here, like it's being told to us, and when the Lord saw that they humbled, I'm reading in 2 Chronicles 12, verse 7. And when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah. Shemaiah was a prophet at this time. Right? Shemaiah was a prophet um, in the southern kingdom of Judah at this time. And, and saying, they have humbled themselves. Therefore, I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance. And my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. So I just want to get this, again, this verse here, that the deliverance, that the Israelites, we were delivered, but it was after we humbled ourselves. And we've been covering this, 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 this part now where salvation is, has only been for the nation of Israel, being saved out of the captivities that we find ourselves in because of our transgressions, because of our sins, because of our iniquities and in going against God, going against the God, uh, God, his culture, his laws, his heritage that he's been uh, trying to get to us uh, from the beginning and that the Israelites keep rejecting and that the Israelites keep getting caught up into the, the worship, the culture, the ways of the nations and of the kingdoms around us from when we were actually living in the land of Israel to now being exiled and banished out of the promised land, that our continued problem has been wanting to assimilate, as Brother Tazapar is using in his class right now, assimilate and mingle and be like the other nations and not be separate unto the Lord God and do things the way God wants things done. So we have an example here in St. Chronicles 12, verse 7, that when the Israelites of the southern kingdom at this particular time, that we humbled ourselves, that upon confessing and humbling ourselves, God sent deliverance, God sent salvation to the nation of Israel. So a part of, of, of biblical salvation, if there's not on a national level, among the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, if there's not going to be a national level of repentance, a national level of humility, a national level of, of um, uh, confession, we still keep upholding and holding back God from delivering the nation of Israel out of this last captivity that we are currently in, of being saved from a captivity that we are currently in as a nation. Now, I keep stressing right now on the national level because We've been taught because of, of the American mindset of capitalism that it's it, it, that the rich get rich and the poor get poor. That you're able to come and for America to be the so-called land of opportunity. That if you take a hold of any opportunity by any means necessary, you can be rich. You can make it here in America, but, um, no matter how ruthless you might be, or. They, they don't call it ruthless or, or like even when they use the, the term the Wolf of Wall Street, that um, 
the ends in America justify the means. So if you become a drug dealer and, and destroy your own people, uh, so be it. You get the money, you get the power, you get the respect. And that you make sure that you and your family eat. You make sure that you can be as selfish as can be contained in the human body as possible, and you can be that mogul. Um, and you can destroy people's lives. You can destroy um, uh, trust, love, whatever, in your and 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 that in America, to be ambitious is a virtuous trait. To be uh, again ruthless. Uh, you look at the, the movies, and I'm, I'm old, y'all. I'm old. Uh, the movies like Wall Street, uh, The Wolf of Wall, uh, Wall Street with um, with uh, Charlie Sheen and and uh, Kirk Douglas, um, and the, uh, the the second one he did with with um, Kirk Douglas and, and Shia LaBeouf, or LaBeouf or whatever. Um, that it's about the uh, in America, the more greedy you are, that somehow it's become that that is that is manifest destiny. That you took the bull by the, by the horns and you controlled your destiny, and you can become as rich or as as affluent uh, in America as you want to be, and look them as a hero. You can become a, the president, like what happened with George, uh, uh, not only George Bush but Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a slumlord. His father was a slumlord in New York. When you look at old old, old vintage nineteen um, seventies. Uh, 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 pictures or, or videos or, or documentaries of what living in New York was like, especially in in Harlem, uh, in the Bronx, in Queens, and in Brooklyn, but specifically in in in, uh, in, in Harlem, in Spanish Harlem. Donald Trump's father, being a real estate um, mogul, was a, was a, was a slumlord, and you go and look at how dilapidated dilapidated the buildings were. Donald Trump's father owned many of those. That buildings that were that, that had been and were condemned, that really was only fit for rats. But people were living there. Our people were living there. That he was a slumlord and got sued for it. But this man can go from being a slumlord and accumulating millions upon millions of dollars to when he becomes the president of the United States. That his his and his ambition, his drive, his willpower. It's that that that, that uh, the, you know that rock the 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 rock the way Johnson's got that that rap song about it's about your power, your will, your thought, um, your process. Not let anybody stop you. Can't be bought. Can't be moved. Um, I'm thinking about even the the, the uh, uh, Roy Jones Jr. Um, rap song that he did also. Um, I got the jingle in my mind, but I can't. The, the words are escaping me. But it's about greed, not creed, but greed drives America. And you can be as self ambitious, self and, and, and what they say, self motivated in America, and you can you can. Uh, it's rewarded. In, 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 in America on an individual basis and many of us carry and have that conditioning in our minds and not what the Bible teaches 
that the Lord is looking at the nation and dealing with the nations, the nation of Israel, the children of Israel, that in order for the children of Israel to be delivered, you might have those ambitious individuals, families, or what have you, they have become moguls. There are Jay-Zs. There are Beyonce, uh, Beyonce's. There are um, the Oprah Winfrey's. There are the, the, um, the elite among black people. There are the elite among uh, so-called Native Americans. There are the elite among so-called Mexicans, uh, with the Mexican drug cartels, what have you. There are elites who have prospered in this very wicked, godless society, in this very wicked, godless um, non-Bible-fearing, uh, non-Bible-applying, uh, uh, confusing place that is called America. Individuals and individual families have definitely prospered to the point of there are billionaires amongst us, the Dr. Dre's, the, um, uh, uh, the Michael Jordans, the Tiger Woods, even looking at, like, Michael Jordan. For him to become a billionaire with his, 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 his so-called wise investments, uh, become a billionaire, especially with his connection with Nike and the shoe brand uh, that, that bears his name, how many people in the ghettos and slums lost their lives over a pair of Michael Jordans? And where has Michael Jordan ever repented? or even made a statement about how many people have died, how many young kids and, and people have died or got trampled at the, the, the re-release of a, of a brand of shoe that first came out 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and it's just re-releasing it, and people are at the stores literally trampling over other people trying to get these, 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 these shoes that are, are, is, is a reprint. Where has he ever stepped up? And, and said, it's not worth it. Human life, especially life of my people, is, is, is not worth me getting all this money and me just profiting from the profits. I'm not going to do this. It, 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 it's, it's wrong. There's never been that type of, of, of conscience. There's never been that type of admission, that, that, that type of, 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 of acknowledgement that people were literally being put to death to own a pair of... of Nike Air Jordans, with your name on it. That, again, the ends just by the means. That I didn't, put the, I didn't pull the trigger. I didn't, I'm not the one who killed the people. I'm a businessman. And, yes, it's his business. And if that's what other people do, that part is not my business. I'm in this to, to benefit or to profit for me and my family, for, for me and mine. I'm a businessman. And in America, again, that's applauded. In America, that, that is for the individual to do those things. And because, and now just think about this, brother and sister. How does being that great businessman, that great entrepreneur, that, um, um, that capitalist who takes advantage of every opportunity um, uh, uh, to, to come up, how is that keeping with the royal law? Yeah, I remember what the royal law is, right? Let me just pull it up real quick. Make this adjustment here to my search. I want the entire Bible. Um, 
when we go to James chapter 2, verse 8, all right, um, just give me an example. How, explain, I would like some explanation on how being a capitalist, being an opportunist, being um, uh, uh, ambitious, how does that mentality match this scripture? How does that mentality, that mindset, or that thinking yeah, I, 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 took, I took my destiny in my own hands. How does that match this scripture right here in James chapter 2 and verse 8? James chapter 2 and verse 8, where it says, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. How is the mindset and the thought of being... Uh, Capitalist and opportunist, um, ambitious uh, by any means necessary, that the ends justify the means. That let's not look at how I got here. How many? I'm, I'm in, in, in entertainment industry. Um, Cardi B and I, I don't keep up with a lot of entertainment. Just be honest, but Cardi B, you you were a prostitute. You were a stripper, and you the self admitted. Uh, breast surgeries, the self-admitted um, uh, butt implants, um, all the plastic surgeries that, that you have had to take advantage of every opportunity to make as much money as possible, it's got you to where you are literally a multimillionaire. So to do those things you did, from stripping in clubs and um, how you're misleading a lot of Israelite, a lot of girls around the world, to follow your blueprint for riches, to follow your blueprint um, for supposed fake happiness, um, to follow your blueprint of ambition. How is that you loving your neighbor as you love yourself? How is that you take care of your neighbor before you take care of yourself? It's not. It's not that to have that that ambitious mentality. There's no way that you that you have the royal law. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. That is not. There's no way that's in the equation. That 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 is not practical. That is not applicable. That that can't be used in God's knowledge. And looking at God, the biblical history of the Israelites. That mentality does not work with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That mentality does not work with the God of the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. That mentality has has repeatedly put the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, that type of mindset that the nations have to only do for self, look out for self, to where, again, even where our justification for well, if I don't love myself, I can't love others. So I've got to show love to myself first before I can show love to anybody else. That is absolutely ridiculous. And as much as we have, 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 have rode that creed and that mentality and that mindset, I mean, to the wheels fall off, where are we as the nation of Israel? We're still, as the nation of Israel, on the economic bottom as a people. That's one thing we can't get away from. 
as a nation of people, we are still a, a social economic bottom as a nation of people. For how many resources have been stolen from the so-called Indian reservations? How many black towns have been established and ruined because of their resources, because of the land, of the riches, of the entrepreneurship, of the ingenuity of so-called blacks, so-called Native Americans, so-called Hispanics? Having that mentality has done nothing for the nation. Now, individuals who have grabbed hold of that mentality are able to come up as individuals. But where has the nation, all 12 tribes, where have we come up at? We haven't. And it's because, again, we haven't humbled ourselves. We haven't humbled ourselves as a nation. And I go, and I know that when a person has only studied brothers and sisters, my apologies, my apologies, my apologies. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, Becky, thank you for your 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 uh the the text and let me know what's going on. I don't even realize how long Ah, uh, I hate this technology. What happened, brothers and sisters? And I don't know how long yeah, I've, I've been talking and teaching that it, the, it's not been coming out or coming across. Uh, I, I, I was gifted um, some some AirPods, some some Galaxy um, AirPods, and I'm not really used to, to the AirPods, but uh, my phone. I've dropped it so many times that usually I like wearing the the, the wired uh, earbuds, um, earpods, um, uh, where you actually stick the wire into into the phone and use the speakers, um, the the, ear, the earphones and the, and the speaker that comes with the uh, being wired actually plugged into the phone. But because I've dropped the phone so many times. Uh, a lot of times the phone would just hang up uh, because of a short in the phone. Until I'm able to go ahead and, and, and put the money together and get a brand new phone, I've been using um, earbuds. And this time in using these damn earbuds, I, I wasn't trying to even use them, but I had the earbuds in their own recharging case. And when I went to get my tea, the recharging case fell on the floor and the earbuds fell out of the charger. And... Apparently, when the earbuds fell out of the charger, unbeknownst to me at the time, there was a connection made from the earbuds being out of the charger to my Bluetooth on my phone. And in picking them up off the floor, I hung up the phone. Good Lord. I don't know what was heard. I don't know what came across. And again, thank you, Becky. Let me let me, let me text you back. Thank you, Becky. Rebecca, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Oh, man. That'd be disheartening. Okay. And it's funny because uh, the Amaz family a couple of years ago had bought me a microphone uh, to help with the podcast. Again, um, shout out and thank you for, for 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 that. But with the, the age of of my of my computer, there were shorts in that in that also. So the microphone, um, there was problems with that microphone. So we went back to just trying to use the phones, um, and the voice goes in and out with just using the phone and trying to use the speakers and the earbuds and everything. I'm going to have to go ahead and just set up a. Uh, an actual studio, I, I see that. And the brother Nahar, shout out to the brother Nahar. He's been trying to put me on that for years, and I've I, I'm, I'm rejected it. Um, wrong, wrongly, I rejected that. Um, damn. All right. I've got like 35, 37 minutes left before the show ends. All right, cool. Um, St. Clarence, 12 and 7. Uh, the quickest recap I can possibly do, again, not knowing how much of, of this actually got recorded, Second Chronicles 12 and 7, the Israelites um, were about to be taking, uh, the Lord was going to use the king of, of, of uh, Egypt, uh, Shishak, during the time of Rehoboam. Um, after the, the kingdom is split, after the nation of Israel split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel, headed by Jeroboam, of the tribe of Ephraim, whose capital was in Samaria, and then you had the southern kingdom of Judah, which was Judah, Benjamin, the half-tribe of Levi, whose uh, kingdom was, the capital was Jerusalem. That because of a lot of our uh, pride at this particular time in, in history that we're reading about, the Lord was going to use um, Shishak to, to uh, punish the Israelites and bring the southern kingdom into captivity, um, again, for our, our, our pride, for our arrogance, and for our worshiping of, of of not going by God's laws, statutes, and commandments, um, the Lord was going to have warned the southern kingdom of what was going to happen. So the, the southern kingdom of Judah, um, whose capital is at Jerusalem at this time, uh, we all, all the inhabitants came together and we fasted and we humbled ourselves. So from 2 Chronicles 12 and 7, and when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to uh, Shemaiah, who was a prophet, saying, they have humbled themselves. Therefore, I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. So the point we want to get out of this right here is that um, the Israelites, we came back together and we humbled ourselves in the sight of the Lord. And in doing so, the Lord delivered us. He granted some deliverance that we were not um, uh, uh, destroyed by Shishak, king of Egypt, at this particular time. And understanding that, the, that in looking at biblical salvation, not just on an individual level, um, like what the American uh, mindset is, a land of opportunity, the land of capitalism, uh, where the rich can get rich and the poor get poorer, that um, if, you're not pulling, uh, if you're not taking advantage of every opportunity, um, if you're not uh, uh, taking, taking matters to your own hand, if you're not um, uh, ambitious, to grab the, the, the proverbial bull by the horns, then 
you're, you're, you're lazy, um, you don't want anything, uh, you're a welfare recipient, um, you just ain't no damn good for the American dream. That the American dream is that you can do whatever it is you want to do, whatever makes you happy. Whether it destroys or hurts people or not, go for it. Hell, you can become the president of the United States. Like we see what happened with um, uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump's father was, was a real estate um, person in New York City uh, who was a, literally a slumlord, who was sued for being a slumlord. And when you look at the, the, the project in the ghetto pictures of, of the 60s and 70s of, like, Harlem, Spanish Harlem, that many of those, those places were owned by the Trump family. And they were, they were exhorting too much money from poor people living in those dilapidated, condemned buildings where it looked literally like, 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 like uh, uh, the, the streets of, of Germany after World War II. They looked like um, uh, many third world countries uh, after war, they've been war stricken. Um, there was a lot of those buildings, the projects, the ghettos in New York City itself was owned by the Trump family. And from being advantageous and being um, uh, ambitious and being uh, uh, taking uh, uh, advantage of capitalism, that not only has he been a repeated millionaire, he got elected to the to the um, to be United States president. No different than the Bush family. Um, and the ties they have to to um, not only, I believe, a Bush beer, but to um, uh, the oil companies and, and, and Sony and, and uh, different things actually owned by the Bin Ladens and the Bush, George W. Bush, the Bush family, that because of your ambition and because of your uh, uh, taking advantage of capitalism, that as an individual in America, you can make it. As an individual in America, you can go there. But as we're looking here in these scriptures, that if we come back and look at the script and we study these scriptures, that it always took the nation of Israel to humble ourselves, to confess and humble ourselves, and that the Lord would grant salvation, deliverance, uh, being saved, uh, a savior for the nation of Israel when certain things were put into application, when certain things were put into this is what we have to apply. Not the American mentality that we've been conditioned to, and, and we had uh, long before we even came to America, the greed, the going complete opposite of the royal law that we find in James chapter 2, verse 8, that tells us, um, you know, the royal law is that you love, love your neighbor as you love yourself. The Israelites have gotten so far away from that and, and been carried so much into the mindset of the nations around us. Take advantage of every opportunity for yourself, as long as, as it feels good to you. As long as you like it, go for it. Even to the point of if it meant sacrificing our, our children, if it meant having uh, the different sex um, matchups uh, from incest to bestiality, that as long as it made you feel good, you ain't got to worry about what other people think, as long as it feels good to you. As long as if, if that's a thought that came to your imagination, don't let anybody stop you from your thoughts, your dreams, your goals, um, don't let nobody put a glass ceiling on, on what you feel you can do. Don't let anybody uh, entrap you with that. This is the land of the free, the home of the brave. Go for it. Just do it. Obey your thirst. Um, 
have it your way. That that mentality has been among the Israelites and found the other nations. And that's one reason why the Israelites continually were put into captivity as a nation, not an individual, as a nation. So we're seeing here that it took the nation to not only confess our sins, which we cover in this series, but the nation, the believers, had to come back now and we had to humble ourselves, all right, if we want to get God's salvation, God's deliverance, God, um, God to save us, we got to humble ourselves and, and what he calls humbling. Now, in dealing with that, uh, this is where we're in Psalm chapter 35, verse 13 now. The book of Psalms, chapter 35, verse 13. The book of Psalms, chapter 35, verse 13. It says, but as for me, when they were sick, and this, this is David now giving us an example of how God looks at and the type of humbling God accepts. A lot of times we're having our own minds that, yeah, I'm being humble to this, I'm being humble to that. But is this, is this what God said, quotes as humility? Is this, is this examples that the Bible gives of how a person is supposed to humble themselves that now they might be accepted in the eyes of God? Here, King David, the one that the Lord has said and gave the reputation for David, that he's found David, the son of Jesse, to be a man after his own heart, that David thinks like God does. Obviously not when he did, he did negative, but in, when David was in his right mind. So in Psalm chapter 35, verse 18, 13, Psalm chapter 35, verse 13, it says, But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into my own bosom. Now, we're looking here at the example that David gives and what he did to humble himself. He humbled his soul with fasting. He went into a fast. This is what David did, how he humbled his soul. It wasn't that he just got together and started singing songs, uh, uh, sad songs to the blues, um, uh, uh, to old R&B. That's not how he humbled himself. It's not that he uh, sat in a room uh, just having suicidal thoughts feeling depressed. It's not that he was sitting there um, as he was drinking, talking about nobody knows the sorrow I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. It's not, that's not what David did, all right? The way David, from the Bible, humbled his soul was by fasting, all right? And when we go through the scriptures and we go through the study, especially if you go back, and we're going to cover some of these scriptures and some of these things right now, but go back and, and look through our library and listen through our library, whether on um, uh, ISBHBK Bible Talk Podcast, um, or uh, uh, please be invited to go check out ISBHBK YouTube channels and, and, and put in Dave Atonement, that we've covered the, the, the importance of fasting on a national level um, to, for the nation to get God's recognition, for the nation to get God's attention, fast will be required. And we're going to go into that a little bit right, right, right now, that the way you humble your soul is with a fast. It's not because you just put on some, some somber music. And that now you just listen, uh, uh, um, uh, you, you're putting in, uh, uh, you, you, that we're burning the vanilla candles, we're burning the sage, and we're just so sad. And I'm just so down. That is not how God, that's not practical. And again, the word practical means something you can put into practice that God accepts. A work that you can do that God does see, that God does recognize that 
the work you're doing might be the right work. So you're not ashamed when we got to stand before God. And he said, why didn't you humble yourself? And we said, I did humble myself. When I was feeling down, I listened to a lot of blues, blues music. When I, um, I listened to um, uh, a lot of cello music. I burned a lot of incense, sage, nag champa, uh, vanilla, and chamomile, and lavender, and I was just feeling really, really down. I just felt really, really bad, and that's how I humbled myself. No. We want to make sure that we're doing the right thing in the eyes of the Father, in the eyes of God, like what David did in practical knowledge, practical understanding, practical application. Humble our souls with fasting. And remember, in dealing with biblical salvation for, for, for the Israelites, for God's people, the chosen people, that we, there's got to be a confession on a national level and a humbling on a national level. So now I'm going to go to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. Now we're going to go to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. And, again, from its name, and you can look this up, again, in Google, or Apple, whatever, whatever web, web browser you might be using, go for it. But going to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, and we're looking up fast and fasting. All right, not Fast and the Furious 9, 10, 12, whatever the hell they are right now with, with Vin Diesel and whoever the hell is still alive. But God's understanding and, and getting these references about a fast that David used to show, uh, to humble his soul with fasting. So from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, a fast or fasting. Um to afflict the soul or self. So a fast, for the purpose of a fast is not just that you can get your health together since you can live your best life. That, yeah, I'm, I'm only fasting, and I know right now we're in the midst of, of this, this Catholic um, uh, mockery of fasting called Lent. And I'm not, I'm not trying to take any pot shots at Catholics with, making, with bringing this up. I can just as easily talk about the mockery of a fast with Ramadan um, that those who practice Islam uh, partake in. That is not how you humble your soul. Not in the eyes of the God of the Bible. I'm going to say it more correctly. That might be acceptable for Allah. The Ramadan fast where you don't eat until after sunset, that the fast of Ramadan is in Islam is that for the days of, however many days of Ramadan there are, you, while the sun is up, you don't eat. But as soon as the sun sets, you can start eating. And they call that a fast. And, and if, when it comes to serving Allah, that's what Allah is happy with, do your thing. But that's got nothing to do with the God of the Bible. Then when, from the Catholic um, um, uh, days of Lynch, that it, Call yourself going on a fast. I, I'm fasting from. It's funny. There, there's a fast within you. There's still this thing called Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesdays. There's still this thing where I'm going to indulge in every vice of the flesh and call it a celebration. And it doesn't matter how lewd, how lascivious, how lustful it is. I'm going to be cool because I'm coming into Ash Wednesday. I'm going to be cool because I'm, I'm coming into the, the days of Lent where 
okay, every Friday I'm going to eat some fish. Or I'm going to, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to fast from some cupcakes. Or I'm going to fast from, from, from what have you. Ah. Uh, oh, oh. Again, that is a fast for the Catholic Church or, again, for Ramadan or maybe from health purposes. You might be following Dr. Sabi. You might be trying to get your health together. So you, it's been suggested that you go ahead and do some fast for your particular health. Cool. All that's good, but that's not nothing, that has nothing to do with the type of fasting that Christ talked about and what the Bible talks about. So, again, the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, dealing with the word fast or fasting. And, again, you can type this up on, on your own. You can go ahead and use your, your phone, your tablet, your desktop. Um, uh, you can call Google or Siri or, or, or whoever and literally mention this in the air and you'll get an answer from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. Um, fasting, the, the I'm not napash, all right, uh, fasting, literally means to afflict the soul. From, from the Hebrew word, I'm not napash, all right, from the Hebrew word, words, I'm not napash meaning specifically, literally, to afflict the soul or self, all right? An example, a practice of self-denial, all right? So a fast is a practice of self-denial. That's from the Webster's, uh, I'm sorry, that's from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, just the etymology of the word fast. The Tazawam. Right, Tazawam, or the Aina Napash, to afflict the afflict the soul or self. An example to practice self denial. This is what the nation of Israel. If we don't get into this, these things, these practical things, on the national level, we are holding back the deliverance of Jesus Christ. Yahawashai, the Savior, the Messiah, from coming to deliver us from the hand of our enemies. Like what was repeatedly done for the Israelites throughout the entire Bible. From Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And remember, I'm going to say it one more time. I know at the beginning of the show, I do always mention Judah, Benjamin, Levi, Simeon, Zebulun, Ephraim, Manasseh, Gab, Reuben, Ashton, Thali, and Issachar. I always do mention that as, as, as far as sharing the Western Hemisphere, those whose fathers are of those descents, Negro, so-called Native American, or so-called um, Hispanic descent, here in North Central South America, that we are the descendants of the 12 tribes of Israel, but which is apparent, and I, I don't always mention it, I'm doing it now, the Israelites have been scattered to every country, every nation, on the planet Earth, we've been banished out of the promised land, and we have been scattered to the four corners of the Earth. Remember, and in particular, remember Spain. This go again. This can be done. Just give me an example also of Israel being scattered, and please check out Tazabat Tuesdays. He's dealing with the scattering and the dispersion of the twelve tribes into the different countries, into Europe, when we were exiled and banished and pushed out of the promised land. 
He's covering that. That's part of the series he's covering now. And he's just bringing a real historical look at what that means, a historical biblical look at what that entails. So, and we look at the word, look up Spain. Before Spain got the name or title of being Spain, Spain, the land of Spain, was known as Iberia. Iberia is Gaelic for the word Hebrew. That Spain originally was an a outpost, if you will, of the Hebrew Israelites after we had been pushed and exiled and banished out of the promised land. That many is that we went to Spain and we settled Spain. It was called Iberia. England was settled by the England. Look up his Gaelic name. England means angels' land. Who are the angels of God? The Israelites that settled the the, the England after we were banished out of the Promised Land. Um, the term Anglo-Saxon, Anglos is not referring to, originally was not referring to Caucasians. Anglo-Saxons, in the etymology of the word Anglo-Saxon, Anglo goes back to angels. Saxon means sons of Isaac. To look at the etymology of the words Anglo-Saxon, originally was the was a derivative of the original angels, sons of Isaac. Who were the angels, sons of Isaac? They became known as the Angles, Anglo Saxons, the Angles, or the, or the Saxons, or the Anglo Saxons, the Israelites. Had we were banished and kicked out of the Promised Land, and we wanted to spreading all over Europe. The Israelites, the actual descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the actual descendants of Judah, Benjamin, Levi, Simeon, Zebulun, Ephraim, Manasseh, Gad, Reuben, Asher, Dalian, and Issachar, that we had settlements all over the world, not just here in North Central South America, but we had settlements all over the world when we were banished and put out of the promised land. Um, Irish, the word ish, meaning man. Iri, meaning angry, which is Hebrew. Go look it up. Irish is actually two words. It's Iri and Ish, meaning angry men, the Israelites. British, again, two words that have been combined to make one word to be British, but you're going to look at the etymology. Brit is a Hebrew word for, for covenant. Ish, again, meaning man. British was originally the covenant men of God. Who are the covenant men of God? The Israelites. From we were pushed out of the promised land and exiled because of our idolatry, our pride, our sins. So, yes, when I do address here, those here in the Western Hemisphere, North, Central, South America, the aboriginals of North, Central, South America. Yes, 
our message is directed at, at the aboriginals here and for those who run on slave ships, but the Israelites have been scattered to every nation of the planet Earth because that's how much we pissed God off. That's how angry the Israelites made, made the Lord God of, of, of heaven and earth. And that's why God, uh, Christ, came back and told the disciples who wanted to try and separate the Israelites um, uh, from, from the other nations based on looks, based on, on looks and based on uh, just looks. And that's where Christ gave the parable of the wheat and the tear. That and he said, no, that if you're going to try and separate the wheat from the tear because this wheat or this, 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 this weed looks like wheat, it might actually be wheat. And if you try and pull this, this, this wheat up, thinking that it's a weed, that might actually be the good root. That might actually be the good, good stuff. He said, wait till the end when the reapers are coming to separate everything, that the reapers are the angels of God. That from Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, Christ is going to gather the nation and separate them one from another. He's going to sift the house of Israel from Amos chapter 9, verse 9. He's going to sift the house of Israel from among the, the, from the Gentiles, that whoever are Israelites, that we're going to have many different looks, we're going to have many different languages, but the Israelites, and I'm not talking about no, 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 no religious, in a religious sense, that anybody that's spiritual Israel, the Israelites will be separated one from another from the other nations. So I, it would just behoove everybody to do God's righteousness. But specifically for the nation of Israel, we have to humble ourselves with a fast. When we come back to Webster's 1820 Dictionary, Webster's 1820 Dictionary, I'll be in definition number one from Webster's 1820 Dictionary. Abstinence from food, properly a total abstinence, but it is used also for an abstinence from particular kinds of food for a certain time. Thanks to the Catholic Church and its teachings, yeah. But the fast that God's talking about, that the nation of Israel had to, had, had to submit themselves to, that we had to submit ourselves to, to get God's attention to be delivered, was an abstinence from food. Like the definition here says in Webster's 1828 Dictionary, properly a total abstinence or to abstain. Still dealing with Webster's 1828, let's look at the word abstain. Um, abstain, to choose not to consume. An act or practice of refraining from indulging an appetite. Do not indulge our appetites. On the most basic, common, even childlike understanding about a fast is stop eating. Do not indulge your appetite. Do not indulge the things that you are into. We have to do this on a national, and obviously take individuals on that national level, but this has got to be observed on a national level. Not just pointing out the evils of others. Not just pointing out the injustices um, that have been waged against the Israelites and in the Black Lives Matter or or the American Indian Movement or, or uh, the Civil Rights Movement or what have you, and, and that we want to point out all the evils and, 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 and uh, atrocities that have been committed against us. No. 
we have to get to the point where we are abstaining. We are fasting on a national level. We had to confess what we have done against God to deserve God to let the things that have happened to us happen. Because we went away from him and have been continually going away from him and, and indulging in our own appetites, not just food, but if it's a vice, a lust, uh, a behavior, a mindset, um, and an and imagination. I'm going to indulge in my appetite. I'm going to indulge in what I like. I'm going to indulge in this is what I'm into. There's going to have to be a, a fast on a national level that we're going to have to have to really get to this point. And and being God's also realistic also. He's only looking for the hundred forty one thousand people that are going to do this. And unlike what, what the Jehovah Witnesses teach, there's only going to be hundred forty four thousand in the kingdom of heaven with God. No, that's that's an utter lie. That's that's a, a misreading and taking the, the scriptures out of context. God's hundred forty thousand Israelite men, twelve thousand from each tribe other Israelites that that we're going to get to this point where we are fasting, where we are where we are con- confessing, where we are humbling ourselves and confessing what we have done wrong to God. Not that we're just telling others and condemning others and 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 cussing them out on the street corners of of, of the world, but really coming together and having to humble ourselves and 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 confess with a guilty conscience that we have been doing wrong against God. Us, our fathers, everybody we've looked up to, everybody who's had an influence in our lives, it's been wrong. It's been contrary to God. And um, that understanding comes from Revelation, the seventh chapter. And that understanding comes from Revelation, the seventh chapter, about the God telling the four angels of the earth to hold back the destruction from the earth which is essentially going to be World War III. The, 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 the climax of World War III is going to be the climax of Armageddon. That, that's not going to actually, actually happen until that 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe had actually been sealed. Once that actually has, has happened and we get to that point, that that's when the destruction comes and that a numerous multitude is going to be gathered of all nations, tongues, uh, um, uh, and peoples of the, those Israelites, one-third of the Israelites that have been scattered throughout, throughout the earth are going to be gathered up in what the world has called the rapture, even though the word rapture is nowhere in the Bible, and uh, things will continue from that point on. All right. I got five minutes. Let's switch to you. Let's go to Psalm chapter 51, verse 17 now. Let's go to Psalm chapter 51, verse 17, and it says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, that will not despise. So here, again, David is giving us more practical information that can actually be used in, in, in understanding and giving God the things that he wants. He, the nation of Israel, we, we humble ourselves. How we humble ourselves? We, 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 we would fast and put on a sackcloth. We'd all gather together 
fast plus action and confess the wrongs that we did as a nation. Not in some cubicle with with the possibility of a pervert being on the other side of the of the um, uh, of, of the window, um, doing Lord knows what on the other side of that window, as we confess the, the wrongs and things we did just to him in private, and him having whatever fantasies and and and, and possible um, uh, pervertedness that he has has going on as an individual, but now again as a nation, as a nation, that these are some of the things that the nation of Israel. It's when have to, we had to get to this point. We had to get to this point. So, again, Psalms chapter 51, verse 17, the book of Psalms chapter 51, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. That These are the sacrifices that God is looking for. So, unlike, again, a lot of the, the, the R&B songs, the blues songs, Unbreak My Heart, um, My Icky Breaky Heart, My Achy Breaky Heart, um, and, you know, for the country music or, or, or what have you, that if you, if we are, are volunteering our heart to be broken, our our heart, our, our our thoughts, our dreams, our appetites to be broken as a sacrifice to God to show that we are truly sorry, and we do feel a sense of guilt for what we've done against God and that we have not been following the ways of God. We've been following the ways of, of the people around us. We've been influenced by the people around us. We've been influenced by this world. We've been influenced by our own particular appetites. Now, to come back and break ourselves, break our minds, break our hearts, act to show God, not loving in just word and in tongue, but now in deed and in truth, that these are the things that God is looking for from the nation of Israel, from the believers, to get to this point right here. If we're going to sacrifice, that the sacrifice that God is accepting are when we break our heart, a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, that will not despise. So coming back to the word sacrifice, that the sacrifice of God, so dealing with the word sacrifice, I'm getting this from the Word Web Dictionary, the Word Web Dictionary, and I'm using a definition that says the act of losing or surrendering something as a penalty for a mistake or a fault or failure to perform, etc. So a sacrifice is the act of losing or surrendering something as a penalty for a mistake or fault or failure to perform something, etc. So what is David prescribing and giving us an understanding of? That the sacrifice of God, that what God, the, the act of losing or surrendering something as a penalty for a mistake or a fault or failure to perform God's law, that the sacrifice of God, what he's looking for, is a broken spirit. When we go through the act of losing or surrendering something as a penalty for a mistake or a fault is having a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. That we break ourselves with it, that we're, yes, we lose something for him. 
Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Sacrifice. The verb. I'm using the verb, the intransitive verb. The verb of sacrifice. To make offerings to God by the slaughter and burning of victims or of some part of them from Exodus, the third chapter. Part of, of ourselves, are we going to burn up in an offering to God? This ain't about that we go and that we, that we sacrifice animals, or a bullock, a sheep, a, a turtle dove, a dove. Um, no. Now it's about, am I going to burn up? Am I going to slaughter those appetites within myself? My cravings, my lust, the things that I like, that that is really the sacrifice that God is looking for. Not to indulge in every single last appetite that comes to my mind or every last thing that I had, I'm just going to give myself over to these things. That's not the sacrifice of God. And then come back and just, I'm listening, I'm wearing all black. I'm, I'm going to wear all black, and I'm going to just listen to sad music to show God that I'm, I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm depressed. No, that is not what God, that is not acceptable in the eyes of God. What part of my appetite, of my cravings, of my lust, of my desires, of the things I indulge in, the things that I use to identify who I am, what am I going to sacrifice in that for God? When we look at the word broken, and there's many definitions for the word broken, but I'm being specific in, in some of the definitions that we're using. And coming off of Psalm chapter 51, verse 17, from the Word Web Dictionary, from the word, again, from the Word Web Dictionary, Look, uh, one of the definitions for broken is to be subdued or brought low in condition or status. The sacrifice of the Most High are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. We know the heart is talking about the mind. That, yes, my mind, my heart is being subdued. My mind, my heart, my thoughts, my appetites are being brought low in, in condition was being brought low in status. It's not about how I feel, what I feel, what I'm going through, what I think. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to break that within myself. These are the sacrifices that the Lord God is looking for. When we deal with the word contrite, when we deal with the word contrite, again, I'm going to the Word Web Dictionary, and I'm using the definition that says, Feeling or expressing pain or sorrow for sins or offenses. It, David said, Psalm 51, verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, that will not despise. So contrite. Uh, feeling or expressing pain or sorrow for sins or offenses. What is God looking for? He is looking for that pain or that sorrow that I'm breaking something, I'm losing something, I'm subduing something, my heart, my mind, my appetites, my way of thinking, my way of doing things. I'm breaking that for God. This is how I show I have a contrite heart. 
I'm breaking how I've been conditioned. I'm doing this for God. This is what David understood. And this is what we now as Israelites have to, uh, had to come to that same understanding. Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Contrite. And this is from Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Contrite. Um, a Latin word meaning to break or to bruise. Uh, to rub or to wear. And it says see trite. So the etymology of the word contrite comes from the Latin word meaning to break or to bruise. So I break my heart. I break my spirit. I bruise my heart. I bruise my spirit. I bruise my appetites. It goes on to say literally, worn or bruised, hence broken hearted for sin, deeply affected with grief and sorrow for having offended God. Humble, penitent as a contrite sinner. So what is God looking for before he's going to bring deliverance, salvation, saving? Not for, a, for us to continually keep justifying why we keep following our own lust, our own appetites, our own feeling of justice, of righteousness, of, of um, our own minds. Are we going to, to break our minds, our thinking, our perceptions with grief and sorrow that we have been offending God for these very things? Are we going to humble ourselves? Well, there's 140,000 that are, are, are in the process of, of getting that together. Who are in that practice or, or put themselves through that practice right now. And if we want to stand before Christ when he gets here, for him to say, well done, now good and faithful servant, that we might be delivered from our enemies, that we might be, might be delivered and be partakers of the salvation that Christ is, is bringing, these are some of the practical things that we're going to have to put into application. It, it, it's, not going, it's not about I've got to tell God how I have, I, I'm continually being offended No. As much as we pray, are we really confessing how we keep offending God? So with that, brothers and sisters, I do apologize again for for the, the audio the the phone I didn't even know the phone was off. I'm gonna have to rectify this somehow, some way. I'm gonna find a way to have to rectify this. What I'm gonna do is I'm about to end this class right here right now. Uh, by the end of this class, we've done, we've done roughly our two hours. I'm going to end this class, and then I'm going to have to wait for it to load, load back up. I'm going to go back and re-listen to it. And I might have to just redo this class get over tomorrow for tomorrow's class. Uh, but I'll see. Thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, Rebecca, thank you for, for, for listening in um, and giving me the message about, about the, uh, um, the audio being off. 
again, I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen to the show. For everything that, that might have been missed, if I can't re- recover it uh, uh, tomorrow in a, in a recap, uh, I might just have to erase this whole, this whole show and just redo it. I'll, I'll see. I'll see. I'll see. All right. Again, brothers and sisters, um, uh, Sunday, April 9th, we are getting together in Norfolk, Virginia uh, for the Passover. Um, the official Passover, the official actual Passover, does actually start in the um, uh, sundown April 5th. Uh, the official Passover does actually start sundown April 5th, uh, which is the lowest Passover. It's one of the high, highest holy days. It's where, it's where um, uh, through religion, the communion, uh, where Christ stood up, um, uh, took the bread, break it, gave it to everybody, took the wine, uh, had everybody drink it. That was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Christ literally was, was observing the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Passover. That's where the bread came from that was broken. That's where the wine came from that, uh, that it was drank, that they were actually honoring the Passover. They were actually honoring the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Okay, um, it wasn't that they just came together every Sunday and uh, ate the wafer and drank the wine. That Christ says, often as you do this, you remember me. That it wasn't just about eating the bread and drinking the wine. It was about we're keeping the Passover. That's why John the Baptist said when he saw Christ, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. That Christ is our Passover. So we are getting uh, the official Passover. Uh, and where we're supposed to um, have the Passover meal and, and commemorating and remembering what God did for the nation of Israel and delivering the Israelites from, in, in, in that he destroyed the Egyptians in order to free uh, and, and give uh, salvation and liberty to the Israelites. Um, it was the, the night of the Passover, which can be read about in Exodus chapter 12. Uh, Exodus chapter 12, and you get the menu, uh, the lamb, the bitter herbs, um, uh, the uh, unleavened bread uh, and the wine, or the or the or the, the, the kosher wine, or the, or, the, or the juice, the kosher juice, that actually starts uh, sundown April fifth and lasts for a week. All right, so it actually starts the beginning sundown April fifth. We're just gathering together uh, April 9th in Norfolk to where we can actually just kind of congregate and actually come together. And see one another. Uh, that's going to be again sundown April uh, Sunday April ninth in uh, Norfolk. If you can join us, please do. But by all means, please observe the Passover um, and the Passover meal from uh, sundown April fifth. All right, with the, with, with the lamb, uh, the bitter herbs, uh, the unleavened bread, uh, the, the wine and the juice for, for you and your family. And please read about that in Exodus chapter 12. So with that, I do want to thank everybody for tuning in. Again, Rebecca, thank you. Uh, uh, you've been a faithful listener. It is much appreciated. And let me know that the audio did get cut off. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for that. All right, so with that, uh, my name is Mashaba. Please join us again tomorrow morning at this same, this same time, the same Israel time, same Israel channel. Uh, with that, I'm going to say shalom.